Tonight, God's Word comes to us from Colossians chapter 4. Colossians chapter 4. We are going to begin our reading at verse 2 and then read just through verse 6 of this chapter tonight. Colossians chapter 4, beginning at verse 2, what we hear now is God's Word. Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. At the same time, pray also for us, that God may open to us a door for the Word, to declare the mystery of Christ, on account of which I am in prison that I may make it clear which is how I ought to speak. Walk in wisdom toward outsiders, making the best use of the time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. Here we end the reading of God's holy word. Well, I'm sure you are familiar with the expression uh, to lose sight of the forest for the sake of the trees. And it can be very easy for us to do that in the book of Colossians. For the last several weeks together, we've been looking at all the trees in Colossians chapter 3. And it's easy to forget uh, that there's an overall uh, pattern to this letter that Paul is uh, instructing us. We began with chapter 1. Again, we, we study books of the Bible so that we have some idea of the continuity. If someone was to ask you, what is the book of Colossians about? Could you give them a, a, a simple outline? Uh, chapter 1, those introductory matters that Paul brings to the church. He prays on their behalf, and he immediately talks about Christ's supremacy. Christ's supremacy in creation... Christ's supremacy in redemption. Then we looked at chapter 2, a chapter I suggested would be called Warnings. Paul warns the church about two things in particular, deceptive human philosophy, and warns them about an improper view of the law, being enslaved again by the law. Chapter 3 we entitled Exhortations. Exhortations. Uh, first, general exhortations. Paul's call to put off the old self, to put on the new self. And then very specifically, what does that look like practically in our lives as wives, as husbands, as children, as parents, as employees, as employers? Now we move on to chapter 4. And I would simply call chapter 4, Final Instructions. Now, Paul is bringing this letter to a close. And he's going to give them some final instructions in their walk with the Lord. Chapter 4, just like all those sermons from chapter 3, flow from our status with Christ. Flow from chapter 3, verse 1, Since then you have been raised with Christ, Seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above. And Paul is continuing to give instructions about what that looks like in our lives. 
And so as I was looking at these verses, uh, verses 2 through 6, I thought certainly um, there's only a couple verses here. We can, we can deal with this in one sermon. And uh, the more I spent time looking at this, um, the more I came to believe this is not one text, this is two texts. Um, that's the beauty of the Word of God. Uh, the more you look into it, the more glorious it becomes. So tonight we're going to look at, at the final instructions, just verses 2, 3, and 4, instructions regarding prayer. And next week we'll look at verses 5 and 6, instructions regarding witnessing. These two parts of our Christian life, since we've been raised with Christ, how should we live? Tonight, instructions on prayer, and next week, instructions on witnessing. When we think about instructions on prayer, we're going to talk about why it is that we pray, how it is that we pray, and what it is that we pray for. Why is prayer important? Kids, why is prayer important? Because if prayer is not important, then there's no reason to listen to this sermon tonight. There's no reason to look at this text, instructions on prayer. In fact, if prayer is unimportant, there's no reason to pray. If it's not an important part of our spiritual life, why would we spend our time doing it? Prayer is important because in prayer, we are speaking to God. In prayer, we are speaking to God. Now, that may seem like a very simple truth, but it is a very profound truth. In prayer, we speak to God. God, the creator of the heavens and the earth. God, who by His providence rules all things and upholds all things. God, the great God of the universe, listens when we pray. Prayer is important because of who we're speaking to. We are speaking to God. In many ways, uh, this section on prayer kind of balances what Paul has said earlier, a, a text I read many times to you, verse, uh, chapter three verse, uh, 3, verse 16. There it says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Let the word dwell in you richly. In the word, God speaks to us. God speaks to us through His Holy Word. Now, Paul says, continue steadfastly in prayer because in prayer, we speak to God. Prayer is important because the God we speak to is the God of the heavens and the earth. A God who hears. A God who listens. A God who is concerned about what is on our hearts and minds. Our concerns are important to Him. Our fears, our anxieties, our concerns are important to the God of the heavens and the earth. And all, all through Jesus Christ have access to him. Husbands and wives and parents and children and employers and employees, all of us who know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior have access 
to that great God through prayer. Now, our concerns will be different. We'll have a variety of things we bring to Him, but all of us have access to bring all of our concerns before that great God. Prayer is important because of the one we are talking to. And prayer is important because God not only listens to our prayers, but God has the power to answer our prayers. Our prayers are effective when they come into the ears of God. When we're having a difficulty, we're having a problem, it's wonderful to have someone here who will listen to us. We have a God who does more than simply listen to us. We have a God who is able to help us. I think one of my um, frustrations when I do uh, counseling is that while I can certainly listen to what someone has to say, and I can even perhaps offer some godly counsel, I can't fix anything. I can't fix the problem. It is not that way with God. When we pour out our hearts, our concerns to Him, He is able to answer. He is the one who not only hears, but has a power to affect change and to bring about the desired results. Now, we have to be very careful. Um, this, is not, uh, this is not magic. Uh, this is not name it and claim it type of theology. For God, certainly, while He is powerful and effective to answer our prayers, may choose to answer our prayers in a different way or at a different time than we might expect. Maybe you've had that. You, you pray about something, and you pray about something, and you pray about something, and God just doesn't seem to answer. And eventually we kind of give up praying about that, and then maybe sometime later God answers. And then we're upset about that, because He didn't answer in our time frame. It, God's timing is always right. God's timing is always perfect. He never answers our prayers too early. He never answers our prayers too late. But his timing is always the proper time. It's not always our time in which he answers the prayers. But it is always the best time. He is all-powerful. He is all-knowing. He knows what is best. Kids, it's kind of like maybe when you talk to your mom and dad and you ask your mom and dad for something. Maybe they respond to your request in a different way or at a different time than you, than you, than you expected. But be sure of this, your parents will answer your request in your best interest. Our Father in heaven does the same. He may not answer in the way we expected. He may not answer in the time we expected. But He will always answer in our best interest. He is our Father in heaven who cares for us, who loves us, and who knows us. Prayer is important because we are talking to God, a God who is able to affect change in the best way and at the best time. How is it that we are to pray? Well, Paul says very clearly, continue steadfastly in prayer. 
We are to continue steadfastly. We are to be dedicated to prayer. Prayer should be a regular part of our life. This time which is spent talking to God. I can assure you, there is no one else in your uh, daily planner, there, was no, there is no one else on your schedule more important than the God of the heavens and the earth. The trouble is we often let the urgent crowd out the important. And we say, well, I'll just spend my time with God later. We are to continue steadfastly. In, in prayer, we have the privilege of speaking to God. And I would suggest the more time we spend in prayer, if I can put it this way, the better we get at it. If you want to do anything well, you have to do it often. And, and when we spend time with prayer, the more we spend time doing that, the more we have to talk to God about. The more we desire to spend time with Him. We get good at those things that we do frequently. It's important to have a regular prayer time, whether that be in the morning, whether that be in the night, whether that be in the noon hour, whatever it might be, to, to diligently continue steadfastly in prayer. This is Paul's instruction. So I guess I would ask you, as I had to ask myself this past week, when is your prayer time? What is the time that you have set aside to speak to the God of the heavens and the earth? Important time, protected time. Time that is more valuable to us than any other urgency which might come up because this is more important. And if you haven't set aside that protected time, I certainly encourage you to do so. Prayer should be the most important priority on our to-do list regularly. Continue steadfastly in prayer. Now, there will be some times we do that, again, set-aside time, but that also means we have informal times of prayer with God. In many ways, this, um, this talking to God is an ongoing talking. Uh, throughout the day, as things come up, uh, something comes our way and we just quickly spend some time in prayer. That's a wonderful thing. That's a good thing. But don't let the informal time uh, somehow replace formal times. Both are valuable. Both are important to us. Uh, we've talked before about models for prayer. We've talked about the Lord's Prayer as a beautiful model for prayer. We've talked about um, the acronym ACTS as a model for prayer. Uh, the concern is not so much the model, but the manner. Continue steadfastly in prayer. That's how we are to pray. And Paul says, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. What does Paul mean by being watchful in prayer with thanksgiving? Well, we trust, we believe, God does answer our prayers. 
And to be watchful is simply to recognize that. To recognize that God does hear and He does answer, and when He does so, we are to thank Him for that. Now, we recognize that God sometimes answers our prayers uh, immediately. Sometimes He answers them immediately through the use of means. And when God answers our prayers through the use of means, it's so easy to forget He is still giving the answer. It was on uh, a number of years ago. Um, there was a, a sitcom on TV. I didn't even really watch the sitcom, but I saw an advertisement for this TV sitcom. And you know on, on television, um, religion has never really portrayed well. Uh, but, but this particular ad uh, struck me. It stuck with me because it kind of resonated with me. Uh, there was a man who was uh, looking for his car keys, looking all over the house for his car keys. And he couldn't find his car keys anywhere. So he looks up to heaven and he says, God, if you help me find my car keys, I'll go to church this Sunday. And then the next shot, we see his daughter, little daughter, walking in the room with the car keys in her hand. And she says, Dad, here are your car keys. He takes the keys, looks up to heaven and says, never mind, I got this. Now, that's humorous. That's funny. But I said, that, some, that somehow resonates with me. Because when God uses means, I forget, they are still his means. He is the one who uses means to answer our prayers. It's so easy for us to fall into a pattern of forgetting that he's in control of all things. And when he uses means to answer, the answer is still coming from him. We are to be watchful in prayer and thankful in prayer. And sometimes, the means that God uses to answer our prayers is through our own obedience to His Word. And this is what I mean. If we pray, God, I want to have closer fellowship with you. I want to have a closer walk with you. If we pray that prayer, but then neglect the means God has given to us, studying His Word, prayer, going to a Bible study, coming to worship, if we neglect those means, how do we expect God to answer? Sometimes the means of answering our prayers is through our own obedience to the Word. If we want a closer walk with God, then we spend more time with God, hearing Him speak to us in His Word. We speaking to him in prayer. We use the means he has given to us. Perhaps we pray that God would, would uh, comfort those who are shut in, who cannot get out. That's a good prayer to pray. But we ask, have to ask ourselves, what am I doing? What am I doing to be obedient to help answer that prayer? Perhaps I had time today to go and, and make a visit to Inland Home and stop by a few different rooms and talk with people. Don't ignore the means God has given to us. There are times that the answers to our prayers come through our own obedience to His Word. Now, there are certainly prayers we cannot answer. We certainly cannot answer prayers that God would take away our sins. That is his work and his alone. 
We pray to him that God would forgive us for what we have done. That is his work and his alone. But when we, when we hear the assurance from God's word that he has done that, be watchful and be thankful. Thank him for the gift of salvation. Thank him for the knowledge and the assurance of our faith that we belong to him body and soul in life and in death, that nothing can snatch us out of his hand. Thank God for what he has done, those things only he can do. Be watchful in prayer. And God continues to to call out that, that message of salvation again tonight. He calls to us to put our faith, our hope, our trust in him to know the assurance of sins forgiven, to know the glories of God's grace, unmerited grace, free grace. We talked about that this morning. We are the recipients of that grace. When we see God giving us that glorious gift, we are watchful, we are mindful, and we are thankful. This is how we are to, to come to God in prayer. Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. And then... What are we to pray for? It's interesting what Paul includes in this prayer. Verse 3. At the same time, pray for us, that God may open to us a door for the word, to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison. Paul's prayer... And the focus of his prayer is around the ministry of the Word of God. Paul says, pray that God may open a door to us. Now, Paul's in prison. He's not praying that God may open the prison door. That would be my prayer. I want to get out of here. Open the prison door. No, open the door for the Word. Open the door for the ministry. Now, we often take that language on our own lips, that God would open doors for us. It's biblical language. But we need to use biblical language the way the Bible uses it. An open door is not simply what's most convenient to me. An open door in Scripture is always related to the ministry of the gospel. That God would open a door for the Word to declare the mystery of Christ. What should we pray for? Not simply things which are self-serving, but things that will allow us to serve God more fully as his children. Not just that my needs be met, but God, how best can you receive glory in this situation? How best can I honor you in this situation? Yes, God is the one who is in control of all things. But he calls us to recognize there is ministry opportunities all around us. How can we best serve your church? And we pray for an open door. Perhaps we're thinking about a job change. Oh, God, open the right doors for me. The question has to be, how will this change affect my relationship with God and my relationship with his church? How will this open the door for the word of God, for the ministry? If we're thinking about perhaps moving someplace else. Not only will that be a good move for me, but how will that open a door for me to be able to minister to others? This is Paul's prayer. There's always a ministry perspective when he prays, open a door for the word 
to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I'm in prison, that I may make it clear which is how I ought to speak. That Paul be able to clearly give the message of the gospel to others. Now we're going to talk about that more next week. Our, our witnessing. We're going to talk about that in verses 5 and 6. But for tonight, we see that there has to be an openness to declare the truth that we know. Simply make the gospel clear. Now, if I asked you can, you, can you tell me the gospel? You don't have to go into deep theological terms and all kinds of discussions. The gospel is very, very simple. Fallen sinners saved by grace. It's as simple as that. Fallen sinners saved by grace. We don't have to make it complicated. We don't have to make it difficult. To share the gospel with someone is simply to tell them what God has done for us, a fallen sinner saved by grace. Now, there are certainly times for theological debate, times for theological discussion, but when we're interacting with others, we do not want to obscure the gospel. In fact, that's a... That's a minister's prayer before every single sermon. Don't let me take what is clear and make it unclear. I had a mentor in my first church uh, back in Phoenix, retired pastor, who often prayed this prayer before he preached. He would say, God, don't let your servant get in the way of the word. Don't let your servant get in the way that we have a simplicity that we might make the gospel clear, which is how we ought to speak. Praying that God would give us a willingness, an opportunity, a simple clarity to declare the glories of the gospel. Paul is bringing this letter to a close. Final instructions to the church. Tonight, instructions on prayer. Prayer is important because of whom we are talking to. We are talking to the God of the heavens and the earth. How are we to pray? Continue steadfastly in prayer, carving out time, important time, protected time. Be watchful in it with thanksgiving. See how God answers those prayers, the means that he uses, even if that's our own obedience, and then thanking him for that, that he is powerful to answer, able to answer, and that God might do all of this that we might further bring glory to Him, that there might be an open door for the Word of God. He might use even our halting lips to share the simplicity and the glory of the gospel. Oh, may God use this word tonight to help us in our walk with Him, that we might continue steadfastly in prayer. Let us pray together now. Lord our God, great and glorious, we do thank you for your holy word. A word that gives us so many instructions of how we are to walk before you. We thank you that through your apostle you have given us this instruction tonight regarding our prayer life, regarding the fact that we have access to you through your Son, Jesus Christ, and through prayer. Oh, we praise you for that, oh God. We thank you for that. May we never take that for granted. Help us, oh God. Open our eyes to see the answers you give. Help us to be watchful. 
whether you answer our prayers immediately or answer them immediately through the use of means. The answers are coming from you. Help us to be truly thankful, O God. And as we consider the things for which we pray, may we never become selfish, but always think first of you and your kingdom and your glory. How will what we do bring glory and praise to you? How will they be a blessing to your church? Instruct us in prayer, O God. Help us to conform ourselves to the instructions in your holy word. Hear our prayer, for Jesus' sake. Amen.